This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you into the 9 o'clock hour. Seth and I had Nick Casario on a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, You can get that interview on the Odyssey app. Rewind if you want to listen. You can listen on the podcast, I would say. Download the... uh, Payne and Pendergast podcast, hit subscribe, comes right to your phone every day in various morsels generated by our producer, Ben Gary. Um, among the things that Nick Casario talked about, uh, we asked him if the Texans job this time around, because we've seen the list of interview requests, and this looks like a list of candidates that I think people were hoping for the last couple go-arounds. This looks like a good list of candidates that they're reaching out to. We'll see who they wind up with. But is this viewed as a more desirable job by candidates that they are reaching out to now? We have to be careful, I would say, me personally, and even to the fans and a lot of us, not to necessarily get caught up in it because what somebody is actually saying versus what the reality is are sometimes two different things. And some of my conversations with agents and representatives about candidates who they're perceived not interested in the job, it couldn't be further from the truth. So when you actually talk to their representative about how excited they are about to potentially interview, this is something that they're encouraged by, that they look forward to. It sometimes doesn't always. So what you're hearing is different than maybe what people are really saying. So Again, we can't really get too caught up in what's going on externally. Everybody has an opinion. Certainly everybody's entitled to their opinion. We understand that. That comes with the territory. We're in a very, I would say, media-driven business, and it's an entertaining business to some degree. But what we have to do is just stay true to our core, stay true to our process, try to do what we think is in the best interest of the organization. And my responsibility and job in all of this is to lead as comprehensive and intensive approach and make a recommendation to ownership that we feel makes sense for the organization. Not what's best for Nick Casario, not what's best for one individual. What's best for the Houston Texans organization and, quite frankly, the McNair family? I, I That first part there, the first 30 seconds of that is the key if you're a Texan fan who wants D'Amico Ryans as a head coach. Because there had been a report that D'Amico Ryans was not interested in, and I believe Aaron Wilson had that report. That, to yep. me, is Nick Casario directly refuting that report. That's what that sounds yeah, like to me. Yeah, because there there hasn't been any um, other reports that I can that I've seen of other candidates not wanting the interview with the Texans. Correct. So, um, and which is I and honestly, 
whoever was thought they were knew what D'Amico was thinking or what have you or talked to Aaron Wilson about that, I, I, it would be weird for D'Amico, even if that were the case, to actually want that to be public. Um, you know, like, so it, that's what didn't ring right about that report, just that uh, no candidate at this point wants to be giving the stiff arm to opportunities. Because even if you don't want a job, the perception of being highly sought after is very, very good. Right. Uh, so that's um, that was just a strange one from the beginning. Yeah. I believe, I believe somebody that doesn't necessarily have D'Amico's interest, D'Amico's best interest, or they're just an idiot is the person that fed that to Aaron Wilson. Yep, yep. I, very it, good chance he's an idiot. Right. And then, like, at the, yeah. at the very least, you're taking the Zoom call if you're D'Amico Ryans. You know what I mean? Like, you, yeah, it, yeah. But I didn't mean D'Amico was an idiot. I no, no, no. I, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you meant. I'm, I'm, I'm making a separate point. I, if you, you take that Zoom call, and especially because D'Amico is going to be one of the top candidates in this coaching cycle. Um, there's only five openings right now. My guess is L.A. is going to open up the Rams. I mean, Sean McVay sure sounded like a guy who was out the door yesterday at his press conference. There aren't as many openings this time around. If you're D'Amico Ryans, whether there's five openings or ten openings, you want interest generated, right? I mean, it's supply yeah. and demand. Of course, you're going to you're going to take it. At the very least, go down a bit of a road with guys with teams that are reaching out. So, yeah, I would think. You you know what? What if what if they hire D'Amico and D'Amico immediately turns around and hires all position coaches from the 2011 Houston Texans? Okay, who would that be? uh, (laughs) Who would you want on that staff? (laughs) Well, I'm just thinking about like Wade Smith uh, and his Wade Smith and his football team. uh, Like they, he's got quite a few former NFL players on, and they dominate the youth football league that they're in. They dominate it. (laughs) Oh, he's got like kids of players, like kids of former players, like on his youth team. Well, he's got some kids of former players, but no, but he also has just uh, former players that are coaching too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Gotcha. I'm joking about that. That part of it. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, All right, let's get to um, let's get to another one from Casario here. Uh, we asked him about his comments that he made at his press conference on Monday where he had made comments to the effect of if a coaching candidate were to want Nick not in the role that he's in, not being the GM of this team, that Nick would respect that decision. He said it multiple times in his press conference. And in addition to that, multiple times said that if the McNairs think he's not doing a good job, then he would accept that as a decision. So we asked him more. I, I asked him about the stepping aside for a particular head coaching candidate because I've never heard a GM say that before at a press conference in advance of a coaching search that, hey, if we find somebody who doesn't like me, I'm out. He clarified those comments with Seth and I this morning. The point I was trying to make is that I'm accountable for the process and I'm going to try to do a better job of setting up and managing that process. So whatever com- comes along with that. So I think that's the point I was trying to make. I enjoy my job. I love my job. I love being here. We've got a lot of work in front of us. I'm not going to shy away from the work. I've never been afraid to put in the work. But I think the point I was trying to make, and you know, I think I drove Landry crazy. But anyways, the point I was trying to make is just I'm accountable, and I understand that I have a lot of responsibility. And quite frankly, I haven't done a good enough job. But we're going to look for ways to improve. We're going to look for ways to move this uh, situation forward. And we're excited about the opportunity in front of us. So I'll take responsibility for that. I probably did a poor job of conveying that. But in the end, the decision that we make, that the recommendation that we make, that I make to ownership, is going to be what's best for the Houston Texans, not what's going to be best for Nick Casario. So 
whatever the end result is as a result, I think we all, I mean, we're all prepared for whatever the result be. I want to be a part of this. I think I can help the organization. I think it can be a resource for whomever the head coach is. So the the message, the overarching, overarching theme was just about accountability and trying to express that. And I probably did a poor job, which is why, you know, people kind of looked at me like I had eight heads probably. <laughs> so there you go. So that was Nick Casario. I think the one of the encouraging things to people, particularly John McClain, it was one of the first things he said was that, uh, this candidate list doesn't really have a lot of Patriot fingerprints on it at all right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is a good observation by John. Yes. That, uh, the the Patriots South era might be indeed over. Uh, for those of you that need to mourn it, we'll have calling hours from <laughs> right. up yours until 7 p.m. 1 to 4 yeah. p.m. and then 7 to 9 p.m. this evening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there'll just be a Patriots jersey, you know, in, in, in an urn. And then we'll just walk by it and pay respect. We do not Frankly, consider ourselves the Patriots South. Not anymore. Yeah. yeah. Frankly, I, 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 honestly, once he said that uh, eight-headed GM comment, I couldn't stop thinking about how awesome it would be to have an eight-headed GM. Oh, Cause, yeah. Because uh, you probably legally only have to pay him like one person. <laughs> right. So, it's like, it's like yeah. Shohei Otani on steroids. Yeah. You know me. Always looking for loopholes in the labor laws, Sean. <laughs> I, uh, if, I can, if I can exploit somebody, I'm going to do it. And this eight-headed GM... I feel like he's ripe for the ripe for the taking. Nobody plays chess while the rest of the world is playing Candyland, quite like Seth C. Payne. Yeah. Um, trailer wheel and frame um, text page. We got a few follow ups here. Okay, wheel thank you. Um, this is gonna get this is gonna get annoying. The, I got to keep these in a notebook. These these takes on the coaching search and the draft that we're gonna get hit with on a daily basis. Jonathan Gannon. Yeah. Uh, this is from 8780. Jonathan Gannon is apparently not very popular with Eagles fans, and at least this texter acknowledges, not that anyone is. He apparently is taking heat for not making adjustments in-game. Yeah. I, I, look, I haven't watched enough Eagles football like with with a through a Jonathan Gannon nor a Shane Steichen prism yet this year, like yeah. watching the play calling, watching the defensive formations, looking at halftime adjustments. I don't have a take on either of these coaches as far as like how they are super tactically. Um but as far as the popularity with Eagles fans, people from Philadelphia hate everybody. They hate everything with their sports teams. Even when the teams are good, they they hate. Uh, not everything. Ah. Yeah. Exactly, Angelo. Play it again, Ben. Ah. Yeah, that's a host on the morning on the morning show <laughs> in Philly. That's our guy. That's yeah. our favorite guy. <laughs> I, I just I, I just Seth, my, my I guess my overall point here is that I don't really care about the opinion of Eagles fans when it comes to either of these coordinators. <laughs> um, as far as, yeah, I know, and, and honestly, uh, they're a very good defense this year. They're number one in passing efficiency defense. They were less, uh, they were less good run defense, and I think that's where some of the complaints people have about them are. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, I would say that you always, and this works in both directions. You have to be careful to worry too much about their actual performance as a coordinator. Mike Vrabel is the perfect example. Mike Vrabel was the uh, Mike Vrabel was uh, the was dead last in a lot of categories when he was the Texans' defensive coordinator. He went on to be so far a pretty damn good coach till these last seven games of the Tennessee Titans. And um, likewise, I mean, just because somebody is, has a great year or two, you don't think that that all automatically makes them a head coach. Uh, so as far as Gannon goes, though, he's done some he's done some very good things as a coordinator. And um, 
That's I'm I'm not yeah, like I, I agree with you as far as Eagles fans being upset with anybody and everybody. That's how they feel and deal with humans in general. Yeah, that's how they so, walk through yeah. life. I'm related to a bunch of them. They they can be they can be quite curmudgeonly uh some of the time. And by some I mean all. Um Speaking of Rabel, Seth, are the O'Brien to Tennessee rumors picking up steam as the OC? They fired their OC, Todd Downing, earlier this week. They fired a lot of people on that staff. Rabel, it was the Red Wedding in Tennessee earlier this week. They wiped out a lot of the staff. Is the O'Brien to Tennessee stuff starting to pick up some steam? Um, uh, I've seen, like, it's one of those things where I saw it yesterday and I sent it to you, and it seemed like there were a whole bunch of headlines about uh, O'Brien potentially to Tennessee. And then it, it was a classic one of those connect the dots type of things. As far as I could tell, it was, well, Vrabel, Vrabel coached for O'Brien at Houston, and now he's the head coach. Uh, Vrabel's the head coach at Tennessee, so there you go. I Other than that, I don't – I don't think there's any interviews lined up or anything. And there's actually a curious lack of information about New England interviewing Bill O'Brien, which that's where I almost start feeling like, okay, I wonder if O'Brien's agent is stirring the pot a little bit, trying to get some action. Because the the Patriots notoriously kind of play a slow hand on a lot of stuff like this. So they don't seem to be in as much of a hurry to hire Bill O'Brien as Patriots fans do right now. Well, and O'Brien's, we know from... O'Brien's time here that his his camp his representation is not afraid to put some smoke out there remember when he was rumored yeah. it was like his second or third year here and the rumor started floating around that he was he was a candidate for the University of Maryland head coaching job like out of nowhere which is like feels like total agent fabrication like in week six of the regular season rumors start coming out about Maryland that might have been the season where they started out two and five um, yeah, O'Brien. So yeah, I, I'm. I what? What's a better? If you were O'Brien, Tennessee or New England, where would you rather go to be the OC? Would you rather be Vrabel's OC? New or, England, a hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah, he's got that's his that's his comfortable, warm environment. I yep. think. I think he and Belichick probably work well together. And whatever, because you know how I feel about O'Brien. O'Brien's a guy that has. I think he's very, very bright, but I think he has some blind spots, and he he needs somebody that can expose those blind spots for him, and I think Belichick's probably the perfect guy. As far as criticism from fans of Jonathan Gannon, mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator who's a candidate for the Texans, Crossing Broad, big uh, big website up there, big yeah. fan website up there, uh, they, they, they've got all the fan complaints listed out. And now that website is a fan of jo- Jonathan Gannon. Um, let's see. They didn't play any good quarterbacks. So that's one argument against the the, the oh, this season, of yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, so the texture is right. The people don't people have been underwhelmed by Jonathan Gannon as a defensive coordinator. Uh, crap, quarterbacks have completed eighty percent of their passes. Uh, I, I think that is somewhat a uh, factor of the. This is what you know how people feel about zone defense. It's like. If you're doing really well with it, you're a genius like Vic Fangio is now. But if you're doing really poorly with it, then you're an idiot for running zones like it is with Lovey Smith. So it's it, people love thinking that there's one way to do things. But because they play a lot of zone, uh, t- quarterbacks complete a lot of passes. Uh, the defense is only good because of the players. Okay. I, I forgot of all those awesome defenses that have <laughs> awful players on them. Um, didn't maximize player strengths. Not good enough on third down. They were 14th this year, so that is right in the middle. So okay. uh, that that was – they were pretty good in almost everything except third downs. They don't blitz enough. 
They were 18th most blitzing in the NFL, and um, I don't. That's uh, if you can do it without blitzing, then that's the way to go. Yeah. Uh, what was the Eagles' record this year, Sean? Um, I believe they were 14 and three. Set. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, man. <laughs> Philly, dude. We're. Just, it's not just Philly. It's sports fans in general. Yeah, but look it's at un- how much we wring our hands over the center fielder position. You know, with the Astros. Yeah, that's true. Oh, no, that's a, you know what? You yeah, know what? you're right. Yeah. You're, you're you're absolutely right. You're, you're always looking for what? Okay, what's going to upend us? Yeah. Uh, not enough pressure on the quarterback. That is undeniably fake news, according to Crossing Broad. They finished number one in sacks, number two in QB hits, number twelve in hurries. Uh, he's too slow to adjust. That's mm. the big one. There you go. But, uh, they start in a conservative fashion, see what the offense is throwing at them, and then make their tweaks from there. They typically start soft and then tighten up before pulling back to protect a lead where the wow. quarter point differentials seem to support. These so. are very, very specific complaints. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, well, there is something. I, I think this is what happens on Good teams, a lot of times. Uh, and because I remember when we were fourteen and two with the Jaguars that year, this is what happened with our defense. Even though we had some serious issues at the end of the year, we were really good defense until the end of the year. But there are times though too that when you are when you do have a lead, then yeah, you play softer. Like you played softer coverages, you play more conservatively. And I think sometimes that turns into you know why are you not stepping on their throats? And it's you're always trying to find that balance. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, Wednesday. Nick Casario joined us earlier. You can get that interview on the Odyssey app. Download the podcast. Rewind. A little bit more from Nick Casario in the next segment. The assessment of a few of the primary rookies, including great news on one of the rookies that I think people are very intrigued to see in 2023. That is next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Indeed, Payne and Pendergast. Yeah, email mailbag at gmail.com. You just heard that promo for the Utopia football podcast. John and I are recording our mailbag segment today. So if you want to get us a question last minute here, mailbag at gmail.com. Seth asked Nick Casario about John Mechie. I'm so glad you asked this question, Seth, about John Mechie and the chances of him. You know, just where is he at? Could he play this year? Here was Nick Casario effusive in his praise of where John Mechie is right now. I'd say there's a chance that he'll be ready for the start of the offseason program, Seth. Uh, I think there's still some things that he has to complete or go through, but 
quite frankly, it's amazing what he's done to this point. Um, not to get into my workout routine, but on Fridays, I went in there in the afternoon and I'd go through a, a, my workout. And John was in there every Friday kind of going through his workout. And he actually looks better now than he did when we drafted him in the spring. Like, he's improved his strength. He's improved his lower body strength. His attitude has been great, even though he's been dealing with a lot of things medically. But quite frankly, you wouldn't know. I mean, this kid is incredible. He's a special kid. So does that mean, like, okay, he's going to be able to walk out there and catch 100 passes? No, I'm not saying that. But it's been amazing to watch his progression from when we brought him in, kind of to what he went through over the summer, what he did during the course of the fall, and it's really a tremendous credit to him. It speaks to who he is as a person, and I think it's emblematic of the type of people that we have in this building. So he'll probably have some modifications, Seth. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but at some point, assuming everything goes okay, then I think he'll have an opportunity to participate fully, assuming everything gets cleared. That's music to the ears of a Texan fan right there. And if you're just anybody who admires John Mechie, um, that wasn't one of those, boy, for someone who's been what he's been through, he looks really good. That was, no, he's stronger now. He's yeah. empirically, he is empirically <laughs> yeah. stronger and looks better now than he did when we drafted him. Yeah, and I guess, and, and, you know, then looks are one thing, and obviously when it comes to endurance and everything else, uh, uh, cancer treatment can be quite the ordeal. So sure. I think that when he talks about making modifications, you, you know, he, he they have to be careful in just how far they, and how fast they push it. But players have come back um, from this before and uh, gone on to have long and healthy careers. So that looks like the track that John Mechie is on right now. And that's almost – in my mind, psychologically, I kind of just put John Mechie off to the side, and because uh, you never want to, I never want to put your, you never want to put yourself in a position where you're like frustrated that a guy isn't beating cancer fast enough, right? Um, you know, like you don't want to be a monster, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so um, I think that like to have that reinjected into the equation, and then all right, I could maybe start being optimistic about John Mechie for the season. Yeah, uh, that's that's exciting. And I, I wish Nico Collins had stayed healthier over the course of the last couple of years. But depending on what the Texans do in free agency and with the draft, if if there's a young quarterback in here, hopefully there's a chance that they've got one extra piece. You know, and John Mechie won't have had any playing experience, but will have had time learning NFL football and watching film and doing all this. So it will be... Like a like a rookie plus, I suppose. Yeah, like a rookie that's been to a bunch of seminars by yep. the time he steps yep. out there. Or as McLean likes to say, Matchy's like having an extra two in the twenty twenty three draft. That's that's John's sort of oh, nationalization. An extra second round pick. Yeah, an extra oh, second yeah. round pick. Yeah, that's what, okay. All yeah. right, all right. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yep. For some got, reason, I thought you had quoted him as saying like extra, having an extra one. No, uh, no, no, no. Something. No, like, I, like don't, already, trust like me, I've heard him <laughs> say it enough times. Yeah. Like, like he'd already proven himself better than his draft slot or something. John will go, they've got five of the top 75 picks, two first, a second, and a th- two thirds, and me- having Mechie back is like having an extra two. Um, so, yeah. So, that, so that'll be good. Um, yeah, dude, I can, get, I can get excited about a team with one of the two quarterbacks in the draft, you know, Stroud or Young, a wide receiving core of Nico Collins, John Mechie, and Quentin Johnston from TCU with that Cleveland yeah. pick. 
and then a backfield of Damian Pierce and then maybe like another running back they take in the third or fourth round, like a Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State or somebody like that. It's uh, it's getting hard not to project them for 15 wins, Sean. That's what I'm is, saying. Uh, is what I'm hearing. Did you, you were yeah. trying to get out of Nick in the first question to him about the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> it, isn't it obvious that you're going to win 15 games next year? Clearly. The, other, the one thing you have to worry about with John Mechie mm-hmm. is that he was drafted into the CFL as well. So was British really? Columbia does have his rights. Okay, well, look uh, out. He, he chooses to take that $120,000. <laughs> may ask out, right, and the one-bedroom apartment that comes with it. Which is, so they have his rights. Uh, like, they do that with Canadian players because if, if, they, if it doesn't work out in the NFL, usually the Canadian-born players are still usually, you know, they go to the NFL are some of the best absolute players in Canada, and they're only allowed to have so many non-Canadians on the team. Right. So a guy like John Mechie as a Canadian citizen oh, yeah. is a huge – it's a coup. Like if he ever it's if he gl- ever decided to go up there. It's a glitch yeah. in the matrix, yeah. No, he's like the Devontae Adams of Canada, yeah. I played with a guy uh, – we had a guy in Jacksonville who was a Canadian citizen. He got drafted like second overall. Yeah, I think he was, he was drafted seventh – Seventh round or so to in the NFL, but he was like second overall in the Canadian draft <laughs> hey, because he was so good as as you know by Canadian citizen standards. That's quite the conversion chart. Um, as far as other rookies go, what do you want to hit here, Seth? You want to hit Stingley or Kenyon Green? Which was the which was the more interesting topic with Nick? Kenyon Green or Derek Stingley? Stingley? Let's hit Stingley. Stingley. So we asked him about Stingley's usage in Lovey's defense and just an overall assessment of what Derek Stingley looked like in his rookie year whatever we're doing schematically on defense and however we want to deploy our players you know we'll be up to the coaches and the staff I think the overarching theme regardless of its offense or defense in the kicking game is are we accentuating what the player does well are we utilizing his strengths are we putting the players in the best position to utilize the skills that they possess so Sting was great to work with had a great attitude really put himself in a position to go out there week one and play at a, at a good level. So worked hard in the offseason, kind of had a deal with the injury. We knew what we were dealing with when we drafted him. He worked really hard. Our sports performance team did a great job of kind of getting him ready, and the fact that he was kind of ready to go full speed for week one against Indy is a credit to him, and it's a credit to the rest of the staff. Quite frankly, what happened there, I mean, it was really like the last play of practice the week of Washington where, you know, he kind of stepped wrong and, you know, kind of tweaked his hamstring there a little bit and then ended up getting sick. So I think he was frustrated and upset there by the end. Um, but saw him running around out there the other day. I mean, he looked fast. He looked explosive. He looked athletic. So Derek's a good player. He's got a great demeanor. He's got a great mindset. He's smart. He understands football. So our job as a staff is to put our players in the best position possible on a week-to-week basis so they can perform their job at a high level. If he was running around the other day, I'm assuming he means at practice in advance of the Colts game, uh, Seth. Yeah. That may, that may be telling that they made a similar administrative decision with Stingley on the IR as they did with Damian Pierce on the IR. You know, if he. Well, yeah, well, but he was on IR already, wasn't he? Yeah, no, he was. That's what yeah. I'm saying. But though, he, can't like, pra- he can't run around. He can't be at practice. But when... he said he was running around. Like, I'm, I'm assuming maybe oh. on the side field or something oh, like okay, that. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah. Yeah, okay, you know, I got gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm, that tells me, like, if he looked good, I, I'm, maybe I'm reading way too much into it, um, yeah. but I could see where maybe they get to a point in the year where, well, he hasn't played in like four or five weeks because of this hamstring. Let's just fold up the tents and get ready for the offseason in 2023. Are you, um, what's your enthusiasm level for Stingley right now as a player? 
Or is it some of it going to be contingent on who they bring in to coach this defense? I guess some of it's going to be contingent on who they bring in to coach. I'm, my reservations about him after the draft were largely injury-related and the fact that he hadn't performed as well in the previous two seasons than he did in his freshman year. So I I have those exact same reservations just multiplied, I think. And, that yeah, I hope I, – I think when – you know, when he had chances to come up and be aggressive and run with guys, I thought he did a good job of it this season. He just needed polish, and he needed more experience doing it. So, I, yeah, I would love to see somebody that's going to that's gonna test him and challenge him more in that regard. I thought it was interesting a little later on in his answer. That was only a piece of the answer about Stingley. As you guys know, Nick likes to give long answers. Um, he mentioned by name Sauce Gardner and Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, I think Nick, Nick knows – the uh, the perception out there of the especially Sauce, you know that same position drafted a pick later. You chose Stingley. Sauce has turned into not just a rookie of the year. I mean he's he's got a he's got a legitimate shot at being an All Pro this year, Sauce Gardner. Um, so you know we'll we'll see. But Nick is not uh, he's he's not blind nor deaf to the uh, the praises and the flowers given to Sauce and to Kayvon <laughs> Thibodeau at five there for the Giants. All right. Um, final segment coming up. We'll find out what John and Landry have going on on In the Loop today. We'll, we will hit that Kenyon Green audio. I mentioned it, so we should play it, especially for you Aggies out there and I think fans of the Texans that are hoping for the offensive line to improve and specifically Green to improve. What is what is Nick Casario's, I think, pretty frank assessment of Kenyon Green as a rookie for the Texans? We'll hear that on our way out next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents 
Payne and Pendergast. All right, good to be with you. Payne and Pendergast, Sports Radio 610. We will um, we will talk to John and Landry in just a minute. Nick Casario is on with us earlier. I'm sure you're going to hear more on that conversation throughout the day. Some, uh, some good nuggets from the Texans GM. We asked him about Kenyon Green, the rookie guard, who I thought Nick was pretty frank in his assessment of Kenyon Green's rookie year. Here was Nick Casario. Specific to Kenyon, the reality was he had a very up-and-down season. So, and kind of got uh, off to a slow start in training camp, was in and out, then he was in, played decent there for a little bit. I would say middle of the year, went through some struggles, had to face some really good players. I think he, baptized by fire, <laughs> saw what the NFL is about from Murderer's Row to Jonathan Allen to Jeffrey Simmons to, I mean, you go on down the line, right? I mean, it seems like every week we were playing somebody inside. So the one thing about Kenyon, he has a lot of pride. He's very competitive and he's very tough. And I think he learned a lot this season. And I think his eyes were opened up to, you know what? I have a chance to be a good player, but I have to do more and I have to be able to make adjustments maybe a little bit quicker. So I think the offseason of training, strength development, looking at his weight, like anything that he can do to improve, he's going to do. And to his credit, to his credit, despite everything that he went through, I'd say, during the season, he probably played his best game the other day against the Colts. And that's a credit to him. That's a credit to Coach Warhop and you know Coach Hunter and the work that they put in. And I think I saw him the day after, and he was actually encouraged – because I said to him, I said, look, big man, like you played one of your best games there yesterday. I think he appreciated that, but I think his eyes were open to, you know what, okay, I can play at a good level. I know I'm not consistent right now. I have a lot of work in front of me, but I'm, I can't wait to get started was the overarching theme that he kind of expressed. So that's what you want to see out of your players. It's not easy to play in this league. It's not easy for young players. Everybody's curve is going to be a little bit different. So I think he's committed to having a good offseason. Uh, matter of fact, we kind of met with all of our rookies and kind of right, said – That's good, man. Yeah, we, that's, that's good. We got what we needed on Kenyon there. Um, the words conditioning and strength were mentioned there a couple of times um, by by Nick Casario. Um, yeah. You know, and, and any call, he was – you know, he said it was an up-and-down rookie year. I guess the one thing – here's the one thing, and I, I probably made this excuse for Kenyon Green. I'm sure I'm – on this show, on the post-game show following some of these games, like, well, you know, he was going against Jeffrey Simmons. Well, you know, he was going against Dexter Lawrence. Well, he was going against um, Jeff Allen and uh, Deron Payne. Oh, well, he was going against Fletcher Cox. So, oh, you know, the, yeah, I mean, like, they, you're going <laughs> to – it's the NFL. Like, <laughs> show me the schedule where in the future he's not going to go against any good defensive tackles. Then, then we've got our guy, like, yeah – these are good players. This is who you're going to be going against every Sunday. You got to get a whole you lot don't, better. Yeah, you don't want to end up on their highlight reel every time you play right. guys like that. So it was um, it was a good baptism by fire, and I, I do think there's something to like John Mechie just looks like a kid. Excuse me, not John Mechie. Uh, Kenyon Green. He kind of looks like a kid in a lot of ways. It just. His whole – he's got a lot of baby fat, you know. J.J. Watt had baby fat his rookie year. Um, he shed it quite quickly. <laughs> but I feel like Kenyon Green is in that mode where sometimes sometimes guys get drafted and they are almost still in an extended adolescence and they need some physical maturity combined with, you know, yes, at A&M they've got great strength training and dining hall and all that stuff and a nutrition program. 
it's just a little bit different when you're doing it on your own as an adult. And this offseason, that offseason between your rookie year and your second year is when a lot of guys make some some kind of dramatic transformations to their body. And we see it with offensive linemen quite a bit. They come back looking more like actual men their second year. And I think maybe because that is a lot of them, a lot of them they're, spend their rookie year kind of getting beat up by full-grown men. And you believe all this. Look, guys play in the SEC, and they believe all the propaganda they're fed about how – uh, you know, tough and big and physical everybody is. The vast majority of guys they face in the SEC are not NFL caliber players. So, um, and the guys that are NFL caliber players get a lot better when they get to the NFL. Yeah. So hopefully it was it was a good initiation and uh, kind of an education for him as to exactly what he needs to be next year. I had zero desire to go back and watch any of this Colts game from this weekend just because the way in which the Texans fell from number one to number two in the draft, which I've gotten over in that time, but um, plus the game was meaningless in terms of the standings and whatnot. Um, I had no desire to go back and watch, but Nick mentioned that, you know, there was not a point anywhere in that game where I said, oh, there's Kenyon Green getting beaten. I'm not saying he didn't get beaten in that game by DeForest Buckner or Grover Stewart, but I can't remember a time where you know Kenyon Green was the problem. But that's why I want to go back and watch, because Nick himself just said that that was his best game. His last yeah. game was his best game against the Colts. And you can say what you will about the Colts being kind of a garbage team at the end of the year. The interior of the defensive line was not garbage. You know, they, no, they're very good. They're yeah. very good. So I want to go back and watch that game and see if there are some encouraging signs from that game for Let's Kenyon see. Green. DeForest Buckner played 51 snap counts. There's a healthy amount. That's about normally what he plays yep. between 50 and 60 snap counts in a game. Um, so it's not like DeForest Buckner was, was taking the day off or anything. He graded DeForest Buckner. I'm just looking at pro football focus yeah. just for the hell of it. Um, cause they're, but the DeForest Buckner graded out well. I didn't look at, um, at Grover Stewart, but they weren't, uh, I, I didn't see them beating Kenyon Green in a way that was, you know, like it was earlier in the season when Kenyon had gone against some of the better players. Now, I think that Kenyon, it, it's, I wish it were somebody other than the Colts because for whatever reason, maybe Kenyon Green just plays well against the Colts. The first game of the season versus those two guys, I thought Kenyon Green played very well for uh, a rookie in that game as well. First game, how many, yeah. Wait, how many snaps did he get in that game, though? Kenyon Green? Yeah. He started, I know he that. He started the whole game. I can't remember if they – but anyway, um, you know, and but that would lend some validity perhaps to the fact that the injuries really held him back. I think those first few games he showed – I thought he showed promise. I thought his good plays were really good. I thought he had some bad rookie plays, but I felt like you could see where this kid might go. Sure. And then once he started getting banged up and injured, it was uh, it was a much different scenario. Yeah, John- he played thirty. He played thirty eight snaps in the first game against Cindy. Okay, there you go. Uh, John Lopez is in studio. Hi, John. Hello, boys. How are you guys? Uh, we're great. How are you? Uh, terrific. Uh, I, I I want you to tell me everything you see in that rewatch of the game because I am not. Uh, I'll be counting I, on you. Well, you're not a very good Aggie then if you uh, don't go back and watch Kenyon Green. No, I, 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 it's funny you mentioned that as I was listening because every Tuesday I try to go back and I speed through some stuff and watch the the, the game of you know that week just to see if there's anything I missed or whatever. Nah, I didn't do that yesterday. No, it's <laughs> a little lazy of you, John. Yeah, it was. Know the truth. It was very lazy of me. Did you? Uh, did I'm, you get a chance to hear our general manager on this? I heard every word. Um, I obviously and Landry obviously has some opinions. Yeah. 
the one thing, and not to open up a whole can of worms here, because this is what we're going to talk about, too. Mm-hmm. The one thing that, that interested me is how he walked back saying that he, this is a tease, I guess, more than anything, because we yeah. can't really dig into it unless sure, you sure. want to comment real quick. He walked back saying, I'm willing to step back. Right. By saying he meant to talk about the process. Those are two entirely different things. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. He goes, what I meant to say is it's about the process. Well, you said four or five times, I'm willing to step back. I don't understand, and I have some thoughts on that. Do you have any? I, well, this is just my thoughts in general. Not yeah. not so much about that specific quote from Nick from Monday about stepping aside. Yeah. I thought he was going out of his way to to be... To be accountable for where the team is right now, or at least to, at the very least, acknowledge that this isn't where we want to be and I'm part of the problem and I got to get this fixed. And if I don't get this fixed, then I won't be here anymore. I almost felt like he only needed to say that once or twice. Yeah. Like he said it like six times. And once you start saying it three or four times, and I think he was probably glad we asked the question so he could semi clarify. But did he? Well, just back to Monday. Yeah. yeah. um, He. I think once you get to three or four times, I was like, I started asking myself, does he still want this job anymore? And then you were not alone. No, and it, but he did clarify that. Like the, one of the first things he I said was, job, I love my I job, love I want to be here. So I think he, I think he's well aware of how those comments were perceived on Monday. Yeah. As far as, I mean, look, Casario has answers sometimes that veer in different areas and stuff like that. Like, I think we just started... Out. Right. Well, but, yeah. I think if we started parsing out each word, it would get. It no, would no. Get I, I totally agree, and I totally get what he is and yeah. how he speaks and all that. Yeah. And and I I roll my eyes with like a lot of people, certainly on the text board, uh, and uh, just like everybody else. But yeah. I do understand that's what he is. You got to parse through it. You got to cipher through it. Yeah. And get the little nuggets. I did think this is interesting as well to me when you asked about John Mechie. Boom. No dancing around. Yeah. No, I mean, just very direct. This guy, I yeah. mean, he talked like a regular, he talked like he could have been in the studio right, with us, like a right. regular guy. This guy, let me tell you about him, yeah. all right? I'm like, okay, so he is capable of that. Yeah, it's in there. You know, it's in there. Yeah. He's capable of being very frank and direct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's a, a long-winded way of saying, we're going to talk a lot about what you guys have. Okay, good, yeah. good, good, yeah. And Adam Blaine will be joining us. Baseball Spo? Is he Baseball Spo today? Or he is, is he Baseball Spo, spo until okay. uh, we, we have to change it for the season. Okay. I yeah. wonder how he feels about Correa's well, contract. Is that what you're going to... Be sure to tune in. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, was, uh, what was he... Uh, what does Spolane felt like the Astros should have paid Correa, right? I don't so, know about so. Correa. He did feel like they should have paid Verlander. Yeah. Verlander. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yep. Yeah, yes. That's right. It was Verlander. It was yeah. Verlander. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so we look forward to that. Baseball spoke coming on the show, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of uh, a lot of analysis on the comments of Nicholas Casario yes. from earlier today. Uh, good deal, Seth. Antibodies to you, my friend. Antibodies to you. Thank you. And if you ever find a co-host uh, that's better than me and better for this show, I promise I will not step down. I will murder <laughs> that guy. Uh, where he stands, okay? Well, it's a good and thing that's can, impossible. Pin it on don't you, die, so don't even everyone. bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to happen. All right, um, we're done. We're out of time. John Lopez, Landry Locker, Figgy Fig. They are up next. We will see you all tomorrow at 6 a.m. Have a great day, everybody. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of 
four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.